Welcome to Off the Board Sports. We are three professional sports handicappers. In each podcast episode, we will give three to five free sport picks to our listeners. We will also dive into the hottest sports topics around the globe and offer our opinions. Let's get right into our show before our picks are taken off the board. Good morning. Welcome back to another edition of Off the Board Sports. This Sunday, October 8th, we're recapping the game ones of the ALDS and LDS. Three of the four underdogs won outright yesterday. Going to give our thoughts a little bit of controversy in Baltimore in terms of some of the decisions that were made in this game when down in the bottom of the eighth and bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, let's jump there. We also had an exciting college football week. USC survives 43-41 in triple overtime. So not impressed with that defense. Arizona outgained them 506 to 365. Give our thoughts on that as well. Also, Bama take care of business on the road. And Texas wins at the last second over Oklahoma. But first, we're going to go Texas and Baltimore won. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma actually won against Texas. I know you said Texas there, but I know what you meant. Yeah, Oklahoma was oh, that yeah. game-winning drive. But, yeah, we're going to go with a game one out in the AL. Texas against Baltimore. You know, this was a barn burner. It was a pitching duel for sure. Texas, first three innings, nothing really going for either side. And then in that top of the fourth, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Kyle Bradish walks the leadoff hitter. And then you got talk about the... Phenom, Evan Carter gets a double to the right field, and then Jonah Helm singles to center field, and that's a 2-0 lead. But you talked about the never-die attitude of the O's. You come back in the bottom of the fourth with a double for Mountcastle to make it 2-1. And then again, it's more pitching, more uh, uh, defense in this uh, game one. Until the sixth inning, Josh Young gets a home run to center field, gets a pitch over to the middle of the play. He rarely misses, hosts tremendous power, and he hits it over the center field wall. And then again, bottom of the six, uh, the O's answer with uh, another Anthony Sendendier home run. Uh, another uh, mistake from the Rangers bullpen there. Dan Dooney moves it over the plate. And then again, this is where things got a little, a lot of tricky again. It was like, if you're a Ranger fan and you're like, oh, no, it's going to happen again. 33 blown saves, most in MLB. It looked like it was going to happen there for a minute. You know, the Oreos have the most comebacks. They're one of the best teams with run-run uh, game differentials. And... It looked like it was going to happen again. Um, you saw when they brought in Sabats, uh throwing a seven straight balls, and then uh, the 3-1 pitch, he puts it over the plate and gets up easy pop-out to right field. And then you talked about him finding the zone after that to the next two batters, and then the ending after with uh, Rodis Chapman doing the same thing, walks the leadoff, goes to another 3-1 count. And then somehow the Rangers are very, very fortunate to get this win because if the O's would have took advantage of those two innings and win those spots of the situation, this thing could have went south really quick for the Rangers. Fortunately, they got the job done. They got made the pitches when they made needed to. They got that big double play from Josh Jung with a heck of a play to really seal that bottom eighth inning. But what are your thoughts, Marco? You know, the Rangers the Orioles, uh, shot themselves in the foot yesterday. You mentioned they had a chance late, down one run, three consecutive innings, getting the leadoff guy on. Uh, you mentioned uh, where I believe Adam Fraser is at the plate and was a 3-0 count, and he the guy throws two strikes, two strikes after the seven straight balls. But uh, you look at the next inning when they had two on. I know Anthony Sendender was two for two at that point with the home run. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, you should have bunted in there. This is the playoffs. You got to move guys over, especially down one run. And you would have had two guys in scoring position, one, one out. And it's always a risk with that double play. And we've seen it so many times. When a manager doesn't uh, execute properly, it's always going to bite him in the, in the foot. And it did there. 
You look at the bottom of the ninth inning, Gunner gets the leadoff hit. Again, looking at the post-game uh, comments from the Brandon Hyde and Gunner, there was miscommunication. Some people didn't think it was a steal. And that's what happens when you have a young team in the playoffs. Well, the, that's right. Everyone... The crowd is uh, electrifying after every uh, bat, especially at home when you have a, got a chance to tie the game up and people can get uh, confused with signals and things like that. But uh, I felt like the Orioles shot themselves, shot themselves in the foot. And a little bit of an inexperience showed. Bullpen was great. Uh, Bradish was great besides that inning. Uh, but I think Baltimore will bounce back today. Yeah, um, certainly they're going to have their chance today because they need to avoid the 0-2 start going on the road. If that happens, this series is all but over and a stranglehold for the Texas Rangers if they uh, come out with a 2-0 win after today afternoon game headed back to uh, Global Live Park. But um, you talked about the O's. The Rangers, they looked uh, horrible at the plate. 16 strikeouts. They struck out a ton. Uh, they're just lucky when they made their timely hits with Josh Jung and uh, the double by Evan Carter, and that was enough to uh, hold off a very good Orioles offense. Um, but um, I thought it was very yeah, I'm fortunate. I'm complaining for uh, a little bit about the scheduled time here. I thought Baltimore would get two night games at home. It's two early games. That's uh, something I don't like. I think MLB needs to fix that, especially today. And there's no uh, point. There's only two games, and I know Houston's at five, but Baltimore's at one. So, again, yesterday they were dealing with the shadows most of the game. That's going to be another factor today. Should be low scoring again with these two uh, pitchers on the mound. Yeah, it certainly should be. Uh, that's going to leave me in my first free pick. I really like the under 7.5 in this game to you. Grayson Rodriguez, if he's good. If he's on his game, it's going to be tough to hit him. A lot of great movement, good off speed. And then Jordan Montgomery riding that momentum after uh, that phenomenal game one against Tampa Bay. I think he pitches well. He's familiar with the Orioles from his New York days. And this young lineup, I think he keeps him at bay again. The Orioles have been struggling. Uh, they did it at the end of the regular season and uh, yesterday again. Um, the inexperience, the miss, missing signals. They got to get it together quickly if they're going to make this a series. But um, I like the under seven and a half. Marco, yeah. quickly, let's go to Minnesota. Well, I'm going to go to my free oh. pick because it's okay. the same game. I'm oh. going the Orioles here minus one twenty. I didn't think they do bounce back today. They've answered the call all season long, and they're going to have to answer it today because, like you said, down two zero in a five game series, it's pretty much out done. You're not going to win four. Excuse me, three games in a row. Uh, but I like Baltimore. I think Grayson Rodriguez comes out just like he did against Tampa Bay when they were tied for the division and pitched a shutout there. I, I think he answers the call. Montgomery, you mentioned um, his days from the Yankees. He's familiar with this lineup. But I think the Orioles' bats will come up and get the job done today, and they'll even the series up going back to Texas. Yeah, quickly, uh, we're going to recap Minnesota-Houston. Quick takeaways from this game. Yoron Alvarez is back in the playoffs. Two home runs yesterday. Bit two big hits. Jose Altuve gets the scoring going with a leadoff home run. And then you talked about uh, Minnesota. They rely on the home run ball. We said yesterday that we expected them to hit home runs in this uh, ballpark. They certainly did in the top of the Sabbath. But they had uh, runners on a scoring position early in this game against Justin Verlander. They just didn't capitalize. Verlander worked his way out of those jams. But um, Houston gets the job done. Um, they had to go with Bailey Orobor, their third reliable pitcher. Today they're going to be going with their age, Pablo Lopez, and then they go back to Minnesota with Sonny Gray. So it's a little bit of a strategy there for Minnesota. They were hoping to steal this one, but I believe they'll get back on track today. And get yeah, the two. Twins, uh, you mentioned with the runners in scoring position, one out of 12, they've yeah. had a bunch of opportunities. They, they just did. couldn't cash in. That, that's not what they do, though. They, they rely on the home run yeah. ball and, and certainly showed yesterday. Quickly, we're going to be going out in the rematch in the NLCS. Just a quick recap. Philadelphia, talk about bullpen, talk about starting pitching. They have it all. 
I said it yesterday, folks. This Atlanta Braves team, you may win 100 games in a regular season. You may make a franchise or home run record as a team with 307. You might have the MVP on your side. It's only game one, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in these game ones, a five best team who wins the game one, a best of five, is 71% chance to advance to the next round. And certainly Philadelphia with that home crowd ruckus environment going back to Philadelphia after game two. They already stole game one. They're going to try to make this a quick series if they could get game two. But Atlanta Bats, they went cold. Five out of 31 as a team yesterday. Eight strikeouts. They just looked out of sorts. Philadelphia, like I said, they know them extremely well, not only in their division, but last year in the playoffs as well. And um, they did a phenomenal job. You saw Ranger Suarez. You know, he doesn't go deep in games. Only uh, went yesterday three and uh, two, uh, two. One hit, four strikeouts. And they go to their uh, automatic lights out bullpen. They go to Hoffman, Dominguez, Alvarado, and then you got the rookie Kirkland, Strom, Crimble. They just couldn't figure him out. Philadelphia was electric, and they get the win in game one. Yeah, everybody was already penciling in the Braves for the World Series, <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day, you got to win series and you got to win these games. And the Braves were disappointing again. Shut out on their home field uh, again against the Phillies. Strider looked good, though. Seven innings. He got tagged he did with what he Bryce could. Harper. I mean, it wasn't his fault, yeah. not on him. You got to score runs. And again, you might want. You, we will both know this. You might score a bunch of runs in the uh, in the regular season, but at the end of the day, in the postseason, that's what counts. And you got to perform. And another disappointing start. Now they're in another hole. Now they got to yeah, they're in the big hole tomorrow. And then you got to go to that tough, ruckus environment where it's so hard to win, as we all we talked about for so uh, for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the Phillies are in a good spot. You feel good. They're just a playoff team. They're built for the playoffs. Rod Thompson, he pushed all the right buttons yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people thought you know maybe not pulling Suarez as early as he did, but. Bringing in Hoffman in that big situation. I believe there was men on the corner, and he got out of it. And then, and then Dominguez he, and then, with the big strikeout yeah. of Acuna with the runners on, and then it gets another strikeout yeah. right after with Sean Murphy. That was big-time pitching from a clutch pitcher. But uh, yeah. Atlanta, their lineup, like I said, um, in the playoffs. And now the question hit. is, they got Fred uh, was scheduled to go tomorrow, but uh, according yeah. to reports with that blister on his hand, we'll see how he is and if he's effective tomorrow. Uh, but they're in a hole. Uh, I told people that I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves were bounced early, especially if they met with the Phillies. Uh, but again, a long series to go. We'll see what happens. But we're going to be jumping into another shocker out wow. in yeah. L.A. And the Dodgers just got bombarded in the first inning as the Diamondbacks came out and put a sixth spot. And I gave you the numbers. The Diamondbacks have great numbers against uh, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw has been hurt most of this year. I didn't agree with him getting this game one start, in my opinion. But what I have said, that the Dodgers starting pitching is the biggest question. I said it before this series. And the Diamondbacks were hot, just beating the Brewers in an upset. And they take game one, and they got to feel good with that. Good, They have a great lineup. They have a lineup that could put up point, uh, excuse me, <laughs> runs. And uh, you got Carroll, who had another great game. He had a great series in Milwaukee. Hit another bomb yesterday. Tommy Pham was four out of five. And this team's looking uh, dangerous right now. And the Dodgers got to be worried just because of all the playoff struggles they've had in the NLDS over the last yeah. uh, five or six years. You make a great point about the Dodgers. They had they were coming in this series very riding high with another 100-run season, the NLS division. Arizona has nothing to lose. Um, yeah. Not a lot of whole people gave them a chance in this series, including me. I got this one absolutely wrong. I'm not very wrong, but when I do, I thought the Dodgers would come out and sweep them. Um, certainly, that's not going to be uh, the case at all. Um, this can go uh, totally at 360 and go to Arizona. 
uh, side. Um, it certainly looks that way. Now all the pressure's shifting back to L.A. because they dropped game one. It's only game one, though. But um, Arizona, I mean, if they can somehow keep the bats hot like they did against Clay and Kershaw, and you got Dodgers are going with Bobby Miller in game two, the young uh, pitcher for them. So if they yeah, can get It's going to be interesting how he performs. Yeah, that's and what my point. you got Zach Galen uh, for the Diamondbacks, yeah. too. Uh, had a really good start in Milwaukee. Got him uh, through six innings. He led up two in the first, but uh, doesn't have great numbers against the Dodgers. But he has some experience against them, and we know Gallon does tend to struggle on the road. Yeah. But uh, we'll see if he can uh, get that uh, series back for the Diamondbacks too. Oh, yeah, Phoenix. certainly Arizona has to be riding high. They're three and zero in this postseason. Similar with uh, Texas's story yeah. out in the AL. This team could be the Cinderella in the NL after how they looked yesterday. Um, their pitching uh, looked good against uh, Merrill Kelly against that uh, Dodgers lineup. I think when they got down six zero, it was just deflated time for LA. They knew it was going to be a mountain of a yeah uh, climb to come back in this game. But it's game one. Um, Roberts, you know, he'll, he'll make his adjustments, and we'll see what's going to be going tomorrow for that game too. But quickly, I would just want to jump on the updated uh, World Series odds right now. Yeah, they have Texas coming out of the AL at the favorite at plus one seventy, mm-hmm. and they got the Phillies at plus one eighty right now wow. in the NL. So both of my off season picks, big time odds I got on those two, eighteen to one for the Phillies to win the NL, um, um, yeah. as well as Texas twenty five to one to win the AL, fifty to one to win the whole show. Wouldn't that be a sight if both of them meet in the World Series? It certainly looks good for them to get to the next round. But it's a lot of baseball to be played. A lot of things can happen, especially with that Texas bullpen. I'm really, really concerned still. But um, let's be jumping into the recap of the Red River Rivalry Showdown. Whoa, what a game this was. Um, You talked about emotion. You talked about a chip on your shoulder. You talked about nobody really doubting you all season long, but they got a whooping a year ago from Texas. But look at this Oklahoma Sooner team yesterday. I I spotted it. I said this team will be back on track once they get their transfers, their recruits, and certainly yesterday this was a barn burner. This game could have went either way. A lot of bad coaching plays. You saw Texas get stopped on the goal line, four straight plays on the one-yard line. That could have made a huge difference if they would have just punched that in. But I didn't agree with those play calls at all. Oklahoma makes a great stand there. But Texas does show resiliencies at times. You saw it in the fourth quarter taking this. Lead with a minute 17, you know, that's a ton of time in college football, especially with the rule stopping after every first down inside two minutes. And Dylan Gabriel, cold as ice, you know, he yeah. didn't play a perfect game, had 100 yards on the ground, leads his team down with a game-winning score. Yeah, I thought Texas deserved to win this game. Yeah. I know Oklahoma was, was in this game. And they were up 10 in the third quarter. But uh, you look at what Dylan Gabriel did passing the ball, 23 out of 38. He struggled in that category. And I knew Oklahoma was going to have trouble running on this Texas defense with Major and Walker, and they did. They only had 46 and 27 yards. But the story of the game was Gabriel on his feet. They could not contain him. Texas in coverage was good. And he was able to get through and and make plays with his feet, including on that final drive where he tore one off for 20-plus yards into Texas territory. Quinn Ewers, I thought he was fantastic, in my opinion. 31 out of 37 for 346. He did have the two INTs. That was early on in the game uh, where he had Sanders down in the red zone, got a clean hit, got tipped in the air, and Oklahoma intercepted it. Credit to them. Uh, and also in the first drive where he got picked off, but really didn't hurt him in that in that category as Oklahoma went up and 7-0 after that. But uh, I expect these two teams to meet in Arlington in uh, Big D, and I think Texas has a chip on their shoulder. After that, I think their schedule is pretty favorable. If you look real quickly, they got Houston, BYU, Kansas State, 
has to come to Austin. They go to TCU, which is not the same TCU team from a year ago. Iowa State showing signs of improvement. That can be a tough game in Ames on the road. Uh, but you got Texas Tech at home. So if they win out, you'll be meeting Oklahoma back in, in uh, Arlington. You have your chance for revenge there, and uh, I think they will get it. Absolutely, that's a good point. They certainly will have their chance as a revenge for the Big 12 championship. This is just a regular season game, but, of course, it's the Red River rivalry. Yep. Um, it's a lot of historic, a lot of pride, a lot of emotion, especially what happened the last year for Oklahoma. But uh, they will get their chance if they can get there in the Big 12 and get some revenge. Quickly, yesterday about some other games, you saw Louisville put a dominance performance against Notre Dame, against Sam Hartman. Oh, we saw that coming. Forcing five turnovers against Sam Hartman in that Notre Dame offense. Louisville, nobody's really talking about what they've done. I'm going to get into this because beginning of the year in the ACC, I said Louisville has a chance uh, to surprise some people, and they certainly have. Yeah. But I think in this game, uh, Notre Dame was just tacked from the two previous weeks. They have a brutal of a schedule. They have SC coming at home, which they have a pretty good shot to win, in my opinion, the way USC has looked over the last three weeks or so. But, um, yeah, I think Louisville, that was a a great uh, underdog pick there if you had them. Uh, I know I had them on a small – paid service as well but um you look at this uh, acc real quick one and it's tougher than what people expected you know florida state we all knew there uh no one uh, north north carolina surprising teams 5-0 uh 5-0 and uh, drake may threw for 440 yesterday duke no one saw that coming miami they're a year maybe uh, ahead of the schedule there but i know they lost to georgia tech yesterday but a little tougher than expected in the acc this year i think in my opinion yeah everyone thought it was just going to be a two-team race with florida state and clemson but clemson certainly dropped out of that and now you got louisville who's a real threat for uh this acc championship i believe against florida state um and then you talked about uh, georgia tech upsetting miami yesterday on the last second throw got a little bit lucky but hey um that happens at sports and then you talked about Duke and North Carolina, those two teams have played well. Um, we'll see what uh, happens next week when Miami goes to uh, uh, North Carolina. It's going to be an electric environment after just what happened to Miami against Georgia Tech. But, uh, yeah, um, a lot of good teams in the ACC this year, uh, more than we expected, and a lot of people out there as well. We're going to be jumping last game real quickly before we get yeah. into our final uh, NFL pick of the day. It's going to be USC-Arizona, and boy, did it look good for the Wildcats early, going up 17-0 against this power offense, number one in the nation with Caleb Williams, the rating Heisman Trophy winner. Arizona did a tremendous job on Caleb Williams, not only that first half, but throughout the four quarters of this game. When's the last time you see Caleb go 14 out of 25, 200 yards, two TDs? Um, It was really, really tough. Uh, Arizona made it extremely tough. I fell for Arizona in this game. Um, they they made some cru- crucial errors and miscues of their own, though, that uh, really let SC back in this game. I just talked about going up 17-0. Uh, you get the pick. USC gets 17-7, and then you get 17-14 at the half. But um, Arizona, give them a lot of credit. This team is going to be a good team going into years to come. I know they're not going to be in the Pac-12 anymore, but they're going to be a, a force to reckon with teams they play upcoming for the years upcoming but on um, marco your takes quickly and then we'll get into our final feedback yeah i just thought us was sleepwalking again the whole first half you mentioned caleb williams i give credit to tons to jet fitch and his coaching staff they look good on defense and offense and the young quarterback second career started in fafita 303 five touchdowns outplayed caleb williams in this one absolutely did and uh williams was in trouble a lot of time you you don't usually get a lot of pressure on williams with his uh, running ability but arizona was able to do that 
Uh, credit to them. USC did not deserve to win this game. Uh, they squeaked by 6-0, and and they got a big one next week. But uh, even if they win against Notre Dame, they got trouble coming with Washington, Oregon. And it's just going to be a long road for them, in my opinion. Alex Grinch is one of the worst defensive coordinators uh, in college football, in my opinion. And Lincoln Riley just keeps squeaking by in the regular season. Hasn't done much in the in the postseason in the playoffs. But, hey, uh, we'll see what he can do this year. I don't expect him and that team doing much, even with uh, Caleb Williams. Uh, but, Juan, we're going to the NFL. Just a quick recap. 4-1 and one yesterday in our free picks. 2-0 and oh for me. Juan was 1-1 one and one in our third-teamer hit on uh, LSU. But, Juan, where are you going today? Yeah, it's going to be going to London. Jacksonville playing their second straight game there. First time in NFL history. A team's going to play two straight games overseas. I'm going the under 48.5. This under keeps going up. Um, Jacksonville's particularly not a high-powered offense. You talk about Trevor Lawrence uh, being a little inconsistent early in the season. Uh, you talked about Buffalo and the more better high-powered offenses. Um, I believe Buffalo be at bay. I think it's the overseas that's going to play a factor here. I think Jacksonville gets enough stops to keep this going the under. Buffalo, we know what they do on the defensive side. They're very good at all three phases. Defensive line, linebackers, and their secondaries, of course, one of the best. I think it's going to cause problems for Trevor Lawrence and that offense. I'm going under 48 and a half. Yeah, it's a good pick, and I'm going to go to the primetime game, NBC, Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, and Santa Clara. Could be a preview of the NFC Championship or a playoff matchup, but I'm looking at the total here, 45. We know how dominant the 49ers have been on the defensive side of the ball, and we know how good the Cowboys are on the defensive side of the ball. I would never trust Dak Prescott in a matchup like this. I'm taking the young kid in Brock Purdy, who has won 10 consecutive regular season games Christian McCaffrey having an MVP season at the running back position and that defense is so good you got the great ride receivers that play uh, for, for the 49ers at the Ayaku, uh Jennings and the young uh, guy out of Michigan Nico Collins uh, so I think uh, the 49ers uh, excuse me uh, not Nico Collins uh, Bell right yeah, Bell out of Michigan. Yeah, Bell. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Bell. Uh, but I like the 49ers and their defense. I'm going to get a total here for the first half. I'm going to go under first half, 22 and a half. Uh, again, these defenses are going to uh, be uh, prime on both sides. We know how good Dallas is with uh, Parsons and their uh, core uh, cornerbacks as well. Uh, we know they lost Diggs a couple of weeks ago, but I think uh, the 49ers win this game. Low scoring, going under 22 for, uh, and a half first uh, half. Yeah, certainly that seems like a trend in that game with both high-power defenses, best in the NFL, top five for each of those two. Um, that's going to be wrapping it up for us today. We got a recap of coming up for tomorrow's show against, again, Baltimore needs a victory today in game two. Same with Minnesota to avoid the 0-2 start going back home. And then we got the recap of the game we just mentioned, Dallas-San Francisco, as well as you got our free picks today, under 48 Jacksonville, as well as under 7.5 Baltimore Orioles-Texas Rangers game two. And then we got the Orioles money line at minus 120, under 22.5 San Francisco. Thank you for listening to Off the Board Sports. For any inquiries regarding our paid services, please email us at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at OtheBoardSports and Instagram at OffTheBoardSports. Thank you and best of luck.